Bride of Christ, good morning. Good to be with you this morning. My name's Adam, and uh, it's just even right now, just a moment for me to, to stand here. I gave a sermon, um, and it was called, what Hap- Whatever Happens, Joy. And uh, a lot has happened in that. And so today I have joy. But be careful, if you see the joy, because you're going to see it in a minute here. I'm going to pull myself together. You're going to see the joy, and you might miss the pain. But the joy is through with all of that. You see, there's grace, and then there's grace on top of grace. And that's what I'm here to share with you today. Uh, Grace to you, wherever you're at, however you got here, whatever you're going through. Good morning, and grace to you. Grace, because you are alive, you're breathing. You came into this world as a gift. You are a gift. And if you forgot it somewhere along the way, good morning, you're a gift. And then we got grace on top of that grace for you this morning, all wrapped up and beautiful. That's what God does is he takes our setbacks and he turns them into setups. So today is just a setup. It's a setup to remind you of the grace that's already on you, in you, through you, and moving all around you. And may it rest on you like that fresh snow that was dropping outside. Good morning. Uh, Father, my friends, we carry all so much, so much brokenness, so much hurt and pain. So many struggles, so many ups and downs, Father. But through it all, today will you remind us of who we are, who you are, and what you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Peace to your pieces. About four years ago-ish, I was uh, getting ready for a sermon. And I had to give a sermon to a wedding. Uh, and I was getting ready. Uh, and an hour after that, I had to have a conversation that would really crushed my life at the moment. And uh, to be able to give grace when you need it the most was heavy, heavy, heavy. I don't remember what I said, but I gave them as much grace as I had in the container. And I left empty and busted. Uh, Today, I'm still standing right here. Thank you. Grace upon grace. The message is so real for me today, and I'm going to pour it out like crazy. I'm a DJ, and uh, I got a little turntable here. Um, I'm, we might get to that. Uh, but uh, today's scripture is that we're going out of John. We're looking at the seven miracles that Jesus did, and we're looking at the first one. First of all, Jesus gets invited to a party, and he's not the efficient. He's not the pastor. He's not bringing a prayer. He's just invited to the party. He's got a word. He has a conversation with an MC, which is awesome because that kind of feels like me. He literally passes a glass to him. He's like, hey, check this out. So we're going to get to that in a second. That's beautiful. And uh, we're going to share. We're going to jump right into it. But I want you to understand the context of wine. So when we talk about it, you'll, you'll make a little more assumption about it. Wine in the scriptures, um, a Jewish person would, would celebrate everything. Everything's a baraka. Uh, there's a little more throat in there. I can't do that. And you'll think I have COVID if I do. But uh, the baraka are, are blessings. There's a blessing for everything. A good Jewish person, uh, so that they don't get ungrateful, they constantly have to remember where the source is. So uh, uh, one of the sources would be for wine. They'd celebrate it. So if they got a cup, they would the, cho- the drink of choice, right? This baraka would be, uh, blessed are you. Baraka means blessing. So blessed are you, Lord God of the universe, the one who puts fruit from the vine. It's a blessing. There's thousands of them. They celebrate them, but these barakas, even for wine, 
in the scriptures, there's the, the Old Testament, which I don't like when they call it old and new. They, they don't call it old and new because the old thing is kind of old, but um, the truths about it are all new. Uh, but in the Old Testament, the Tanakh, the writings, the prophets, the teachers, um, they would have a central thing that they would say every time they gathered, and it's called the Shema. In the, say that, go ahead, come on. The Shema. And in the Shema even, it says, you may get, one of the blessings is that you may gather new wine. So they would say that every time. Wine isn't uh, just a, a drink. This is central to who they are. They celebrated a, a feast, one of their main feasts. They liked to party, and the parties were long. Uh, but one of the feasts is called Passover, and that's kind of around the Easter time. And there's four cups of wine, symbolic, powerful. I could talk about just that. The fourth cup, whoa, I, that alone will blow you away. But the cup of redemption, the fourth cup, is this foreshadowing of Jesus. You'll see it throughout the whole story, but centered around Wine, wine, wine. Uh, we pass it on. We turn it into grape juice a little bit along the way. Communion, Eucharist, the word Eucharist means you, good, charis, gift. Great name for a church, charis. Some of you uh, maybe have seen me preach before. I haven't done it here in, uh, like I said, a, a, a quite a while. So it's just like holy ground for me looking at even the uh, the sound, but this look, feels like New Hope in here a little bit. The basketball hoop, I dunked on one of them during a sermon. I don't even, well, I don't even remember what my point was, but it was good. Uh, yeah, charis, um, a good gift. Charis means grace. And when you look at wine or you take the good gift, the Eucharist, it's symbolic of grace. And we take this grace that covers us. We could talk just about Jesus, but I'm not even going to get there and what he does later. Because the people who read this story that I'm going to show you in a second, they didn't know all of that yet. They didn't know this Jesus was about to take it. There's a couple people in the story who just got invited to find out. And there was a couple people who kind of knew. One was a lady named Mary. That's his mom. Nathaniel is this new disciple who just got just got called to follow him. And uh, Nathaniel's mean, name even means God has given. Nathaniel is from a different place than most of the disciples. So you got Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip. All of them are from this tri-area called Chorazin, Capernaum, Bethsaida. Over by a big body of water, the Sea of Galilee. They're from over there. They're fishermen type of people. All from the same area. This guy, Nathaniel who, if you follow along with us, you're going to find some cool little things um, over the next, you know, uh, seven weeks or so as we look at the seven miracles. But you can follow along and see some things and some momentum building. Um, there's a video that came out uh, called The Chosen. Has anybody seen this? It's a free video. And what they're trying to do is put some context so you can get the, as close as you can to what would it be like to be around Jesus in his time and his context. You can watch it for free. You can download it. It is fascinating, wonderful, and amazing. My brother would say something like this. You know there's a, they made a book about those movies, right? <laughs> uh, which is a joke, but uh, maybe it would be a good reminder for us to, to get into the, the details in the book. The details in the book, you guys are so good. Uh, the movie's great, but the book, okay, the book. 
he's from this area called Cana, and it's his hometown, and Jesus picks him up. He notices him under a tree and says some stuff to him, and he's like, whoa, this guy's, this is unbelievable, and he joins the party. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, not a couple years, a long time ago, when we were in college, Dave, you we were there too, and uh, we went to the Holy Land. Can we uh, show this picture in a second here, in the second, Matt? Because I want to, uh, if they'll look at it, if I tell them, so don't show them yet. Uh, we got to go to the Holy Land, and, you, and there's so many amazing places to see, Jerusalem, and the Sea of Galilee even. I could show you even Cana, where they, you know, the city, but really Cana is, it's kind of a fake thing, and sometimes they I would say church it up. They make it a bigger deal. They put a church there, and they're like, this was a spot. Do we really know it's a spot? We don't really know it's a spot. And Cana, they don't really know where it is. They know it's a region, and they know it was connected to Nazareth, which is Jesus' hometown. So Jesus is kind of going home. Next to Cana is this place called Nazareth, where he's from. And these are like neighboring cities, or really towns, really villages. They're right next to each other. But what Nathaniel says about uh, about Nazareth, he's like, what good can come from there? And Jesus is like, I'm about to show you. <laughs> um, if you're from a small town, you know what I'm talking about. You have a rival town right next to your town, and you don't know why you don't even like them. Like, maybe it was just sports, right? For me, it's a t- little town called Adrian in Minnesota. And people from Adrian, call, I call it Adrian, but they'll say Adrian. That's how you know if they're real people. Or people from Hills, George, Little Rock, Iowa. These are all places that, I'm just kidding, the, the first two rows here are filled with Adrian and George Little Rock people. So, um, And what I've learned about people that I didn't like from those towns, as soon as I get to actually know them, I, like, I love these people, but at first I just didn't like them. I'm like, what's wrong? I, I'm not supposed to like you, we, whatever. So they have this, this conversation, and Jesus is like, come, come, check this out, and invites Nathaniel, Bartholomew, to, to follow him. And, uh, and he does it. And it's interesting, the first place they go isn't anything fancy. Uh, it's just ordinary, every day. You see, Jesus shows up in the ordinary every day. He doesn't need a big thing. He's just doing what he's doing. He shows up to a wedding, and he's not the efficient. He's just there. I love it. Jesus shows up to the party, and he's hanging out at a party. Do with that what you want to do with that. But he's at the party, and he's just invited. In fact, his mom RSVP'd him. He said, Mom, I'm going to be there. And she was talking about her son. Yeah, my son's doing great. He's over. He's studying the scriptures. Now, uh, in that context, there is nothing higher. That is life's supreme achievement when you say you're studying the scriptures. When me and Dave were at seminary, it's not received the same way in this community. (laughs) They're like, cemetery, what? You went to a who? It's a great place to find out who you are and what the scriptures are. But um, Israel, we got to go during college uh, to, to see Israel. And I love this because at the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus walked on water, and then there's a, the Jordan River runs down. It runs down to this other little body of water. Now, you know the highest point on earth. Where is it? Anybody? Highest point on earth is where? Yeah, Mount Everest. Ooh, I love it. Thank you for putting your hand up, buddy. It, that's awesome. Right out of school. Have you been in school? Love it. Hand just shot right up. You can just shout it out to me next time, all right? I'm looking right at you next time. So Mount Everest, yeah, the high spot. Everybody knows it. Do y'all know where the lowest point on earth is? Anybody? Merriam Trench. Yes, good answer. 
underwater. I'm talking about land. What's the lowest point you could put your foot on? Where is it? The Dead Sea. Good. Yeah, the shores of the Dead Sea. Negative 1,378 feet below sea level. 33% salt. That's saltier than your haters. 1,378 feet. That is low, 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 low. Flow rider, a little bit, right? That is pretty low. Um, we got to go to this place. And I didn't even realize it at the time, but they said, hey, you want to put some uh, uh, Vaseline over your cuts and jump in that water? I'm like, yes, I do. We're going in there. Let's go. Come on. Uh, this is me. Look at that hair. What in the world? That is a grade A. That really looks like a mullet in that moment. It's more puffy, but um, I want you to notice a couple things. I'm not sitting on a rock, okay? This is completely sprawled out, 100%. This is a waterbed, y'all. And this is what I love it. You can go to the lowest point on planet Earth, and guess what? It's true about the way God made it. You are held. You're held in your lowest point, your lowest, your darkest, your deepest, your brokenest, your saddest moment. You are held by the creator of this universe. Get there, go there, and experience that. To feel and to just be held. Today I want to remind you that you are held by the creator of this universe and you're busted and you're broken right there in the lowest point on earth. If you're there, you're not only welcome here, you're invited. You're invited to the party of grace. You see, grace is overflowing and it's about to overflow some more. But I want to give a shout out to a couple people in here. Uh, is there any newlyweds in here? Any newlyweds? Any, uh, what's like the newest somebody got married? In the last six months, somebody in here? Last six months? You guys, are, you guys put your hand up real slow. Hey, I was there. That was a party. Bless you guys. Grace to you. And Jordan, I know you're carrying a baby and you're carrying grace. And uh, grace upon grace to you in your continued journey. Thank you for being here. Anybody married a long time? Uh, anybody like, what do we got? Anybody married like 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years? Somebody? Who? Give it to me. Come on. Somebody. Hope you like red wine. 18. We got 18 years. Anybody else? 40? That beats 18. I'm going over here one time. 46 right here. Anybody? 46 years. Oh, you beat. How many? 57. You could have said 57 right off the gate, but you waited just to kind of let these people feel a little bit like it's like they're going to win. It's 18 over here was feeling real good for a minute. 57. That's three 18s. Woo! Uh, here's, I don't know much about marriage, but I know this. You're going to need grace upon grace, and you've already received it, and here's some more for the journey. Um, that's how God, I don't even know if you drink it, and if you don't, sp spread it to somebody else, because it's not about the wine. It's about the blessing, and the blessing is just a picture. Wine is a picture of God's blessing, and he's pouring it out over you. No matter what you're out, if you're married, if you're single, honestly, if I could do it, I would grab a bottle and I'd give it to somebody who's divorced in here. I'd give it to somebody who's on their way to church here today, 
raised their voice and were like, man, I need some grace because, man, I just need to cool down. I got a little attitude, somebody in here. I would do it. I'd bring a, I'd bring a, gla- a glass of grace to you because you need it too. Maybe you had a week this week. Maybe you lost somebody this year. Maybe you're still struggling with something. I, it's more grace. There's more and it's for you. If I had a bottle, I would just bring it to you to remind you. It's just a, it's a picture in a society where this means grace. It means something. On the third day. Now, if you know the scriptures, on the third day, that's a big, big statement. A new day, a new blessing. Something's about to bust through that wasn't there before. And that's a promise you can hold on to. I could probably stop right there. We could preach just that on the third day. But um, here's another thing. Uh, I was DJing this year for a Polish couple. They gave me a song. I've started playing their Polish music. I'm telling you, nothing. I, sometimes I, have, I call it a litmus test. It's not a litmus test. Like the writing, it's more a litmus. Like how lit was it? This was a lit party, I promise you. And sometimes people ask me, they're like, man, you know, how awesome was that wedding? And I, I always tell them, your wedding was the best version of your wedding I've ever seen. I didn't answer the question. On purpose. Some people, like, y'all, y'all wedding was, I mean that for real. Though. You know, I don't need to tell you that. You know, you know. Uh, that entry was, oh man, with the dry ice falling, man, the little dance you did, cool, that was, yeah, that was real good. But uh, this, this wedding was, whew. So they're from Poland, and uh, so they said, yeah, we're going to have a party there, and, and there we have a party for three days, and we just, we drink, and you're coming. I was like, yep. I have a new rule. Anytime I get invited to a wedding on another continent that I've never been, I just say yes. Last year, I got invited to a wedding in Kenya. I said yes. I don't even know what I was doing in Kenya. I went. It was the coolest. They switch wardrobes midday for the party. And just because it says 11 does not mean 11 is the start time. 11 might mean the wedding starts at 3. We don't know yet. We're going to find that out. But each context has a little different. And they party all night, all day, in Poland for days. I said, how do you guys, like, no offense, I'm a real lightweight. I don't drink much, but it doesn't take much. Um, But they said, well, we're going to feed you every hour. And we'll just, you know, keep bringing. I was like, well, I'm about to find out. I'm going to Poland because I ain't been to a wedding in Europe before. I'll tell you how it is. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana. Now, a DJ, I wonder on, on the third day, because I don't know if it, it could be alluding to Jesus, which it always is. That's the secret. But it also could be alluding to like the DJ, because the party might be still going. Like, I wonder what part of the, the dance like it was going. Like, maybe it was this part. You can bump that if you got it. Does it work? You got me over here, Matt? How do I get that? Can I? Oh, yeah, there it is. Hey. Was it this part? Matt. Come on. Try to act like you've been to a party. Here we go. Say. Okay. You can hear the person next to you. They might have been the type of person that would be invited to a party. Um, I think Jesus might have, might, have, might have gone with him because he was at the party. I just, I don't know if you're at the party, but Jesus is at the party. Um, I know the ladies are. Let's go. Let's All you go. have to do is hit that, and the ladies are so ready. Here's a, here's a little DJ tip. Um, get the ladies on the dance floor, 
and you're going to win the night. The fellas, they're going to take a minute, but they're coming. Trust me, they'll get there. So that's why, why do you always play the girls' music? Trust me, they're coming. Oh, or this one. This is my, this is my thing right here. I pretend like I wrote this song when I perform it. I love it. He says he's got a new song. I mean, this ain't anything. New is not what that is. But it's so fun. I, I mean, I don't know what kind of parties you've been to, but what about this one? Come on, sing it out. All right, all right, you guys know what's up. All right, how about, hallelujah. what about? That's so awesome that he used a Jewish word in that. Hallelujah, that's beautiful. Hallel, praise, highest praise. Did you know you can get God's attention just by giving him a praise? That's it. Just tell him how awesome he is. Just give him a blessing, Baraka. Say, God, you're that awesome. Wherever you're at, you could be in the club. Bruno was going to say it with you. What about this one? I mean, I mean, I could do this all day. Literally, like it was my job. I could do. I could do. Reaching out. I could do this one. Touching me. Where are you at, church? Touching you. Here we go. Say. Good times never. So good. So good. So good. Yeah, yeah. I got. I mean, I got this one queued up. I got so many. It's not just about dancing. If you can get people singing, they're feeling good. What happens at a party over time? Like by the third day of partying, they run out of things to talk about, so they start talking about the drinks. I don't know. I mean, have you heard Red Solo Cup? In the thing, he has a solo to the cup. He's, t he's feeling real nice. Maybe you've been there. You know some people who, I mean, they just start singing about whatever, whatever they're drinking. They're just singing about it at these parties, right? I could keep going. Now, contextually, though, if I was watching The Chosen, this, I mean, yes, there's an MC, yes, there's a DJ, but the reality is, is I'm sorry. That was so, I would get a bad grade in that class. Uh, very unseminarian of me because if I'm going to be real with y'all, it would sound like this. Because Jesus is Jewish. Okay, if you watch the news, if you watch Chosen, um, if you watch Chosen, you're going to realize something. Jesus isn't European and he's not white. He's Jewish. He was always Jewish. It's literally who he is. So to understand the scripture, you got to understand the context. So when Jesus talks about wine, you're taking wine and you're putting it into our context, trying to understand that context. No, no, no. you got to understand, this is a Jewish man. What does wine mean to them? For them, it's blessing. It's life. It's overflowing. Check this out. The third day, the wedding's going on in Cana. Just random place in the middle. Um, Nathaniel's like making fun of Nazareth and Jesus is like, all right, we're going to Canaan then let's go. We're going to a party. His mom already RSVP'd and he's like, I'm showing up. But his mom's telling all these people about how awesome his son is and what he's doing. And they're like, well, he's, he's in rabbi school and he's starting to add to his flock. And I don't know how he got there, but when he did and he showed up with seven extra people around him and his mom's like, uh, can they all come? And his mom has some influence. She's like, listen, Jesus is here. He's got seven. Can they come? They're like, 
Bring them on. They're invited to the party. Here's the truth about you. No matter how you got around the kingdom of God, if you followed somebody in, somebody invited you, somebody told you about it, here's how it works. If you're around somebody who's around the kingdom of God, you get to go like this. Come. You're invited. In fact, we got a name tag. We got an invitation. What a great name for a church. An invitation for you. You have been invited. Poor people. Rich people. White people, black people, Hispanic people, people all across the whole globe are invited into this Jewish understanding of who Jesus is, that he is the fullness of life. Jesus, the fullness of life. He's at a wedding with his disciples, and when the wine ran out, wine always runs out. Wine will always run out. In your life, It runs out. Money runs out. Power, time, influence. Whatever you stack your life in, whoever you put it on, even the people around you, there's the time when the time runs out. It runs out. There will come to a place in life when your successes, when the people around you, you'll realize that they were all graces and gifts in the first place but they run out. It's a picture of life, what this is. I I read one um, scholar, and this is sometimes why I disagree with scholars, is because I read my handbook to the Bible, and I read it, and it said, this passage has no real relevance. I'm like, what? You lost me, pal. I'm not even two verses in yet. Jesus' mom shows up, and she's whining. They have no wine. Not a question mark. Sentence. Period. Statement. You got a mom like that? They have no wine. Problem. Social full paw. I don't know if I said that right. It's a big deal that they ran out of wine. Because this is a big plan and wine is the thing that you do at these parties. And they didn't have it. You can get sued for it. Literally, it was like a disgrace. Um, when I was in Africa, I had an empty glass, and somebody wanted to cheers me. I cheers them with an empty glass. Oh, she did not look on her face. She was not glad that I did that. I went and got a full glass and redid that. I'm like, that's how we do it. If you come today and your glass is half full or half empty, I feel like what a blessing that we even have a glass. She whines. And Jesus responds to her something that you probably shouldn't say to your mother. He says, woman. And I'm sorry I switched my voice there. I sound like my stepdad. Uh, He's got like a little country voice. And uh, when I call him sometimes I'll say, I try to, he's a little slower with the talking. But I'll say, hey Jack, how you doing? And I'll say, what's your favorite color? Before he even says, yellow I don't know why I hear that when I read it. I go, woman, what does this have to do with me? Now, you might see, say, wow, Jesus, that looks really disgraceful. But then he goes, my hour's not come yet. He's looking at the bigger. She's looking at the moment. But he says, woman. And he calls her woman. He doesn't call her by name. Now, for some of you, that sounds weird in our context. But if you look back at it in his context, 
He said the same thing when he was on the cross giving his life, body poured out, grace poured out for everybody. And he looks down, he cares for his mom, and he says, Peter, and he says the word woman, that woman is your mom. So maybe woman in our context ain't woman. Maybe it's a little more depth. Maybe there's some love deep in there because he says this is your new mom and this is your new son. Take care of her. My hour's not come yet. You see, uh, his mother knew. His mother knew. Um, you've heard the song during Christmas. Mary, did you know that you Yep, she knew. She, she clearly knew. Could you imagine raising the Son of God? Raising him, just like he's running now, he's talking, he's checking things out, he's got questions, he's thinking about things. What a, the wisdom that Mary must have just accidentally crumbled on. But that's how, that's how it was the whole time. God showed up and said, she said, so be it to me. What a response. But she got in on the wisdom of God because of this. Filled to the brim. There were six stone jars. The Jewish rites of purification. Each holding 20 or 30 gallons just off to the side. And Jesus like, I'm just going to use those. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And he filled them up. And now he said, take some out and give it to the master of the feast. So they took it to the MC. And he tasted the water that had now become wine. And he didn't know where it came from. Because the servants who drew it out, they knew, but they didn't tell anybody. The master of the feast, the MC, called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then they bring the poor wine. But you've kept the good wine until now. This was the first of the signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Overkill. From empty to 180 gallons, 767 bottles of wine. Today, later today, about 4.30, I get to go to a little small town um, called Rock Rapids, another one of those towns that I'm really supposed to like. And uh, I get to um, bring this bottle of wine for my friends who invited me to just be their efficient and uh, to speak a word of grace into their life. What an honor. What an honor to bring that. And I'm just going to bring this. And this, I saw at a wedding once um, during the ceremony, they, they give this bottle of wine to the couple and they put notes in there. And they say, if you ever have a moment where you need this, open it up, enjoy the wine and read the notes and remember that this whole thing was a gift. Church, today, I just invite you to open up and remember that this whole thing it was a gift. I didn't make it up. The best man said it. Did y'all hear the best man speech? You didn't prepare for the wedding, did you? The best man speech, it just happened. Jesus is the best man. Do you know who it is? Not the guy who wrote the book that we're talking about, John. The other John, John the Baptist. The one who came before who said, look, I'm preparing a way. He had a best man speech, and this is what it was. In Matthew, he says, he must increase, I must decrease. If you're looking for a good one-liner, that's it. Most best men say something like this. Uh, this man is loyal, sincere, honest, caring. Enough about me. Now let me keep going. Or they'll say, man, this guy is amazing, awesome, cool dude, perfect in every way. Um, how do I read? I can't see your handwriting over here. You see, when, when, G, when John the Baptist gave his lines, he didn't have to lie. In John 1.16, y'all know John 3.16. In John 1.16, it says this. God's already poured out grace 
And now he's putting on top of that grace. So it's like this. Grace upon grace already given. Gift on top of a gift. Your life was already a gift. You already received the blessings that he has. Now do you want the full blessings? Because the ones that they got given the first time, they're going to run out. Your life has an expiration date. It's going to run out. The first grace. The second grace goes forever. It's a grace that fills you, fulfills you, gives you a purpose, meaning, and even the day that they lie me down in a box like this, oh, on the third day, the resurrection, that there's more grace in abundance. This is the story of Jesus. This is why we're still talking about it. That's why it's still new. Even Jesus is called the new wine, the one that gets put down and brought back up. You can't stop him. Grace overflowing. Jesus replaces what we have now for more and for better. Are you ready for more and are you ready for better? Mary got Jesus involved, but all of this is really a picture of God's people, the strugglers. Now I say strugglers because Israel was God's people. The one who was going to come was Jesus to God's people first, then to everybody else. But their name, Israel, means struggler. He's came to the struggles. Are you struggling with life? You fit in right with God's people. And he's got so much grace to pour out for you. Grace upon grace. What might look like joy has a story. It has sorrow and pain. But the joy that God gives, it's so filling. May you find beauty for your ashes. May you find peace to your pieces. May you find where you are empty and broken. Refreshment. Overflowing. Oh, I'm so grateful for a glass. But God doesn't just give us a glass. He fills it up. There are six jars in this story. In the scriptures, six is incomplete. There's a seventh jar. You. You're the seventh wants to put his grace upon it and fill it forever, life eternally. Blessings to you today. I want to show you one last thing and I'll shut up. I don't know. Uh, look at my time. I, this part I got to do. Then I'm sending. I know we got 10 minutes. My goodness. Oh, the party just keeps going down it. <laughs> DJ got talking. Dave, you bet next time I'll preach a little shorter so I can go a little shorter. I got too little fired up here. Can't even find my note. Here we are. I'm going to read this to you. And I'm reading it to myself and you. But this one's for me. Whew. Jeesh. Three years already. That week I'd just come home from vacation and my definition of what home means would never be the same. You see, life comes at us in all sorts of unexpected ways. And with our lives, sometimes the swifter the change, the bigger the boom. Even the smallest of shifts can set off an explosion in your heart. Loss is loss, but there's no Richter scale for trauma. The aftermath takes some intentionality to reset your tectonic plates. And still, what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for your good. I've spent the last few years taking out that shrapnel piece by piece of my detonation and attempting to excavate my place further still. I've had to find counseling and find wisdom. I've had to react in real time 
It was my story whether I invited that part or not. We all have those parts, don't we? My story's mine and yours is yours. As crappy as that can be, it's not why I'm sharing this with you today. Not for some superficial comfort, but to remind you to keep going, to keep growing. It's all part of it. It's seasonal. And there's a new season ahead. There's a new day. How do you process this? I needed a reminder to my heart and soul to be still and know. Grace upon grace. Knowing to be known. I know who I am. I know I'm a keeper. I know God has good stuff for us. And shitty shit happens. Despite this, I want to tell you I'm here. I'm still here. There's power there and still standing. That trauma fertilized my soul, my soil. Brutal, yes. But I'm better, wiser, and I'm still glad I get to be me, one of God's masterpieces. He's still got the brush. As crazy as it sounds, I'm even grateful. Not that I would choose those or that ever, but God still uses it, and he'll still use you still. Like Semisonic said, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Necessary to find yourself. And if you find yourself wounded or have experienced some loss, job loss, letdown, dead end, curveball, death, separation, illness, divorce, pain, trauma in its latest version, you're not disqualified. If life took a number two on you, if you're in it, the crap right now, stuck in the muck today, in this moment, a new day has come. Keep going one day at a time, one step at a time. Don't force it, church. Right foot, left foot. Feel it, own it, but don't let it own you. Inhale, exhale. You're going to make it. Breathe. And if you're there today, even as the pastor, I say this to you, me too. There's a divine invitation in the deepest of wounds to find you, the real you. It's there in the mud in a very real way that I found that God joins us, or do we join him? It seems like a weird thing to celebrate, but I am. I'm celebrating who I am, who I'm becoming, the growth, the process, the good pieces, the bad ones, all of it, the process of being in process. What a blessing that God is with us, for us, ahead of us. What grace. The process still is, after all, the destination. My testimony today is simple. I'm about to send you. I've given God countless reasons for him to leave me in the chaos, but he never has. I thought I was holding on to him. He's been holding on to me even in the depths. And now I'm working on trading my worries for his peace. Nothing's more needed. My pieces, his peace, peace to my pieces. My prayer is that you find it too. So when I say grace and peace to you, I mean grace overflowing. I mean the one that only God can give. The second one that fills and fills and fills. And here's the thing, he never runs out of it. And if you're busted, you're broken in whatever ways, in whatever depths you are, we all are. He wants to give us his peace. That's what he gives us. So grace and peace to you, my brothers and sisters, wherever you're at, whatever you're walking through. What a blessing for me to be here. Whew. Thank you. Hey, let's pray. Would you stand and just extend a, a hand toward Adam just as a symbol of blessing?